Well, welcome, 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 Rugby League fans. It's your favorite show about Rugby League in the Americas. All of the yeah. Americas. All the Americas. All the Americas. Uh, this is Rugby League in America. I'm your host, Dustin Zare, along with my... Uh, what are we going to call you this time? You're my, you're my Scooby-Doo to the Shaggy. Empowers. <laughs> Rot, roll, Roarge. Oh, no, that's the Jetsons. No, that's the Jetsons, man. Wrong dog. I'm one of those cartoon dogs. It works out. It's all good. This is episode 207, a special episode. Um, we're going to change things up a little bit. Uh, over the past couple episodes, we've been doing some stuff where we spend about 45 minutes talking about scores and updates from around the Americas, which is fantastic. Uh, it's one of Jim's favorite episodes. We cover everything from British Columbia all the way down to Brazil. Uh, however, we want to get more conversations about what's going on in rugby league in the Americas. And we want to have more interviews. And so, right. as you noticed on the last episode of uh, the Chasing Kangaroos, uh, the kind of old school with big tea and carbs, uh, we had a nice little uh, a closing there with our with our very own Dylan Faraci and he gave a quick five minute update. So we're gonna be doing some quick updates with Dylan Faraci over there every other week to kind of give the scores from around the Americas. We're gonna give him some airtime. Um and then Jim and I are gonna do more interviews. And speaking of interviews, mm. Jim, you got a big one this week. Oh boy. So uh I I got to sit down with uh for for a lot longer than I thought, uh I got to sit down with uh Drew Slover. Who is uh, who's on the USARL board, and he runs the Jacks Axemen, and uh, he very kindly gave me a whole big chunk of his time, and I think the listeners are really going to. This is about as in depth an interview on the current situation that I think exists in the world right now. Well, that's good. You know that there there is there's lots of stuff going on. There's lots of discussions. You know we can we can dive into a thousand and one things as it pertains to the NARL. So not knowing what's going on what's with that. happening there california the rumors that we hear about usa nine double c mba and double a c whatever <laughs> God, that, w-h-a anyway what i think is important because this is a long interview and i do want to make sure that you know we give everybody time we don't go over um you know, I'm looking forward to listening to this. Uh, I hope everybody else that's this, listening to this is going to enjoy it as well. And I mean, know. I tried to get, uh, I tried to, it, it certainly isn't perfect, but I tried to get to all the big questions that we get on Twitter and that we get in our emails and that we get in the DMs and that we get in the, you know, and I, I sort of say that to him a few times, like, you know, we've, we've been hearing a lot about this, right? But we get a lot people, of questions people, about this. People send us questions, send questions all the time. And I think it's good that we address those questions and we can fine. look at it and kind of go from there and say, hey, here's what we're hearing. Here's what we see. Right. And then, of course, you know, you and I fill in from time to time and say, okay, That's, here's our interpretation of this. Right. You know, we, we talked about this, uh, this mystery uh, document that got sent out. You know, we mm-hmm. we said it on Twitter, and it, it is. It's a big document. It has to do with the reform. It has to do with you know how people are getting into. It. I know Jim. I, I assume. I hope that you ask this uh, as we, we listen to the interview here. Oh, oh um, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. In, in, we, into the into the into the meat and potatoes of it, if it will. We, so we, we we got into it. We got into it. And <laughs> and I have to say, you know, he he did not duck any of my questions. He 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 answered. You know, to the best of his ability, I guess, uh, uh, sounded like any, anything I asked him. So uh, it was it was really good. I, I think there's I mean, I'm sure not everyone is going to be happy, but I mean, I'm Ooh. also sure. Controversy. <laughs> Controversy. 
Oh my goodness. Q I Prince. I, I, I can't wait to hear. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, no, I think there's a lot of people that are going to be interested. I mean, all of the really, I, I know that we would just say nerd, but I like the, the British and Australian term better. Tragics. I like that one. Mm. I love that term. I love if, that. If that you're a rugby, if you're a rugby league tragic, you're, you're going to be interested in this interview. I think a lot of rugby league tends to be tragic and rugby <laughs> league tends to rugby that's league itself. Fits, that's why it fits so well. That's why I like the word better. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, that's good. Well, Mr. Power, without further ado, I'm going to, uh, we're going to cut straight Drop over to, on it. what's that? Drop a needle Drop on it. A needle on it. <laughs> cut straight over go. to it. <laughs> and we're going to listen to uh, Jim having a nice chat, a good long chat, hopefully, uh, with Mr. Drew Slover from the USARL. Have a listen. Hey everybody! So I've got uh, I've got Drew Stover here from the uh, Jacksonville Axemen and also from uh, the USARL board. Um, we're trying to uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a, a fascinating conversation. Here's the first person who's actually agreed to come on and and, uh, and talk to us. So uh, Drew, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, tell people what you do and, and your involvement in USA yeah, Rugby? I, um, hi, I'm Drew Stover. I'm the chairman of the LLC, uh, the the men's competition here in the U.S. and I also own and operate the Jacksonville Axemen. Uh, we've been around since 2006. We've won three national championships, 2010, 2012, and 2018. And um, unfortunately, we've been in uh, more than we've, we've lost more than we won, but uh, you know, we've tried to set a pretty good precedent for, uh, for the sport down here. So uh, we've hosted probably over 20, 20 or 25 international matches. Uh, including the Australia Day Challenge in 2008, where Russell Crowe, right after he bought his team, he played the Leeds Rhinos here. And we had about 15,000 people in a, a 9,000 seat stadium. Um, obviously, there was, we had brought in yeah, more that, seating. That, but, I, uh, I've seen pictures of that. That, that. that looked like way over capacity. Oh, it was awesome. It was crazy, man. Uh, it, was, it was one of those where they. They had a, I mean, like Greg Norman flew his helicopter in and landed on like the practice field where we <laughs> practice now. Like it was just crazy. Like there were so <laughs> many people there. Um, it was, uh, it was an outstanding event and, uh, was, but it was right after, right after he had purchased the team and had, was like, I'm going to, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a name for this team, for the Rabbitohs here in, in the U S and, you know, I, it's funny. I'll, I'll see uh, Australia Day Challenge merchandise every once in a while. I'm like, oh yeah, all right, that's all right, that's good. I love it. So anyway, um, yeah. So I've been running the team since 2006. I used to have a business partner. Well, I've, I've got, I've had a couple different business partners. Um, I it's have, a shame they didn't come back. Uh, yeah, no kidding, right? Uh, that would have been <laughs> that would have been a great annual event. Um, but. Uh, Leeds came back and played the Salford Reds and what was the Reds? Yeah, it was the Reds the next year. And yeah. over the course of a couple of years, we had Leeds come back for training camps and, and what have you and built kind mm-hmm. of a good relationship with Gary Hetherington over there. He's a great guy. And, um, you know, but we haven't been able to get uh, another uh, NRL team over, which is unfortunate because I think, I mean, I think we all love the sport a lot and to see, to see a, a team like, you know, 
the mm. Rabbitohs or the Roosters or the Storm, you know, to be able to see them in person, it's just, uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty amazing. My wife and I actually went to Australia in 2013 and uh, basically crafted the entire vacation around how many NRL games we could see. So <laughs> I'm a tragic. That's awesome. But uh, I've been I've been the chairman of the league since uh, February of this year. Um, obviously, I've been involved with the game ever since uh, 2006. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, hopefully, we're we're going to be moving this uh, everything in the right track. I'm on the uh, I'm actually on the board of the L, uh, the Inc, which is the governing body as well, and part of the transition team for this reform. I know that's something you guys want to talk about, but uh, yeah. So that's uh, that's me in a nutshell. My wife. Oh, well, I got to give a shout out to my wife because. Uh, Without her, I wouldn't be able to do any of this. Uh, she is a very integral part of this team. She's actually the USA Hawks uh, wheelchair and men's athletic trainer. So she gets to go to England nice. uh, in, uh, hey. in, no, in October, and I get to stay home with the kids. That's nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what's... Yeah, so anyway, I had to give a shout out to her. No, you have to, yeah. What, what's her name? Her name is Mary, Mary Slover. You, you, you... She's on our website. Mary Slover. All right. Um, shout out to Mary Slover. Uh, so yeah, you, you, uh, you, you hit, uh, you hit on, on uh, pretty much the first question I wanted to ask is, uh, uh, what, what do you see as the immediate future of the, uh, the USARL? Uh, in regards to what? I mean, that's, that's kind of a loaded question. Well, I, I, I don't mean it to be a loaded question. Like, I mean, what, what do you think is going to, the next, like, give me, give me your idea about like the next, like five years. Like, what would you, you know, in a perfect world, what do you think like the next five years is going to look like? Uh, I would like to see the the different regions grow. Um, I'd like to be able to uh, bolster the women's game. I mean, I'd like to be able to get back to kind of where we were um, with uh, with multiple regions and uh, a unified a unified game in regards. Uh, I'll specifically talk about the men's, but a unified men's game, and then use the men's game to help grow the women's game across uh, the country. Um, I think that there's so much potential with the sport. It's just, it, it drives me nuts that, that we're not have, we, we haven't had the success yet, uh, that we should have. And there's been various hiccups for various reasons. And, but I think it's just all about getting good operators that want to, want to pro- provide a great experience for both fans and players. And so hopefully we can get there where we would get back to where there's a, a solid North comp and we could be able to build out a, a something in in the Midwest and the West coast. Pretty good. I thought that would be good. What, what, what is the biggest, what is the biggest holdup? What is the biggest obstacle that, that you're, 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 we're facing right now to, to get there? What, what needs to happen so we can, get to that future so one of the things i i think that there is a uh, my opinion is that there's a there's a rugby union kind of mentality when it comes to the the sport here in the u.s um and there's and and that's not necessarily a bad thing but i've always had the mentality that we need to run our clubs in a professional manner and it not be well when we started the team there was a 
the, the reputation for rugby union in the country is a drinking team with a rugby problem. They're always the crazy guys, right? So, uh, right. And that, I, I don't think a lot of people overseas fully understand that, that, that rugby union here is not some sort of massive juggernaut. It's basically just the guys at your college who like have the big keg parties and, you know, it, it, they're not like, you know, tie wearing elites. Yeah, they're, sure. They're like the beer monsters. <laughs> exactly. And so we always tried, uh, my old partner and I, Spinner Holland, he, he and I, we've tried to provide a better, more professional environment to play in. And I don't think that the game needs to necessarily be professional uh, for it to grow uh, at an exponential rate. Um, you got to remember, most of the most rugby players, whether you're in the league, have to pay dues. And so if you eliminate right. some of those things that cost them money and allow them just to play, um, and provide them an environment where fans are coming out and fans are having a great time. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll play and, and you'll get really good players. Um, and so I think there is, so that being said, I think there's a, there's a shift in the mindset where, uh, there needs to be a shift in the mindset of how a team is structured. And I'm not saying that the, the way that we did it is the right way. Because you know the Copperheads run their team in a different way, and so does Tampa and um, and, and Philadelphia and Delaware. But um, you know when you have people that are dedicated to non-player activities, then to me that has the potential of producing an environment that is. And when I say environment, I mean both fans and players, where they're able to feel like a professional and the fans feel like they're in a environment where they're getting a value for the dollar. Right. Now, is this something that you think should be implemented in the review? Is this something that's come up in the, in your, in your discussions with, with the other members of this transitional board? Uh, this is no, this is necessarily, this is the review is focused only on the, the national governing body and how, how it manages the game as a whole. And so mm -hmm. it's up to the individual competitions or um, however it, it ends up being structured to manage the day-to-day, -day, think of it like a strategy and tactical uh, approach, right? The strategy for is really the overall arching NGB plan, right? This is how we're going to develop this game, whether it's women's youth or men's or, collegiate and then the individual kind of uh I'll say mandates or uh requirements for for teams is 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 put on the, the individual competitions okay uh that makes sense but no that makes sense i mean i i'm just i'm just curious because i, I don't think a lot of people understand that 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 the that the, the national team you know that there's two there's basically two, from my understanding, USARLs. There's the there's the org, and then there's the Inc. Yeah, and and one of them runs the the national team, and then the other one runs the the competition, and and uh, which is a, to be honest with you, it was a little strange to me. But yeah, sure. <laughs> what what like I mean, what has to happen, you know, to to get these what sounds like best practices to me? I mean, I, I pretty much come from like the soccer world. Uh, and, and that's 
pretty much how things operate. Even if you have like an amateur soccer team, you know, you've got people who are doing things that are outside the playing, you know, what you're talking about. Like you've got people who are focused on the playing side, but then you've, you know, if you're, if you're serious about it, you've got people who are just working on, you know, advertising and marketing. Um, is, is there some sort of, you know, do you think there's going to be some sort of plan to like implement like best practices or is this something that you talk about with the other, the other people, you know, who, who run like, you know, the, the cop, the copperheads or, or, or the mayhem or what have you? Well, so the, 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 the challenge has been, there really has been a playbook put together, right? So like, it's easy to start a team. It's easy to get a, to create a business and, and say, Hey guys, you know, we're going to, all my rebel buddies, we're going to get together. We're going to, we're going to play some league. What do you think? Um, the business side is, is a little bit more complicated because, you know, when it comes to sponsors and sales and, you know, there's a lot of different things that can kind of derail you. So I've actually right. put together, it's like a 16 page document, but, um, it's a, it's to me, it's like, it's a playbook of just the things that I've done on mentalities to have, but then also to, you know, down to sponsorships and some different approaches on how to, uh, try to seek sponsorships, things that are really important. Maybe people don't put as much, uh, emphasis on say like a venue where I personally think venue is your single most important thing to have. So if you have a budget, at least, you know, the majority of your, if the, if you spend the majority of your money on an extremely good venue, that's not bad money spent because, no. and, but you have to also then do the other things. You have to have concessions. You have to have, you have to charge admission. You have to do, there's no reason why you wouldn't sell merchandise there. But um, to me, it's a matter of trying to get teams into the mindset of of that kind of operation versus, hey, man, we're just putting up some posts and we're inviting our friends out and we're going to play a footy game today. Yeah, I mean, because that's that's pretty much I mean, I'm I'm not the oldest rugby league fan. I, I only came in in like 2009, 2010 when uh, I was I was dragged pretty much to an Oneida FC game in the in the old AMNRL. But it, that's pretty much what it seems like. I mean, my first game was watching two teams play in a public park. And this weekend, we're going to have teams playing in a public park. But those two things are separated by quite a few years. Uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, don't, there doesn't seem to be as many people who are... Uh, what you're saying is exactly what people need to do. Uh, it, it just doesn't seem like people are, are taking that advice. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, but again, it goes back to like, there's not been... A, there's not been well, part of the problem was like, there. I think the situation was when we came in, there were a lot of teams that were already established. And up until about, you know, a few years ago, you know, a lot of those teams still operated. And so it's like any culture, it's going to be hard to change that. Um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not knocking any, anybody or any team. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to do that at all. No, uh, no, I understand. No, just, you know, I'm it, just saying it, like, it's I, things that are working and things are working. Yeah. And so, but, it, but again, it comes down to like, you've got a situation where these teams have been operating for a while and, you know, look, I have a, I have a luxury cause I work for myself. So I, I can dedicate a lot of time to the team and and not get in trouble with my boss where, you know, not, not everybody has that luxury. Um, right. so, and I come from an advertising background. So, 
you know, sponsorships kind of come along with that. And, and so, um, maybe I'm in a better spot than, than most, but, you know, we, we busted our, our tail to, to build what we have here in Jacksonville. And all I want to do is help. Like I, I, everybody that I've ever talked to that wants to start a team, I, I offer, I'm like, look, man, I want to, I have this document. Like I'll, I will go through it with you. So you guys understand it and I will help you in any way I can. And it's just a matter of doing the work because it's not easy. Right. And no. I think a lot of people think that things just fall into people's laps and it just doesn't. So, right. Well, that, that, that is a good segue into my next question. Uh, and, and, uh, we've gotten a lot of, uh, we've gotten a lot of messages here at, here at uh, rugby league in America podcast, about this. what, what is going on with the South Florida speed? If, if you know, if you can tell us, uh, there seems um, to be a lot of questions swirling around there. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, that's a, that's really a question for Ryan. I mean, Ryan, uh, he's working hard down there trying to get things going. I just think that, um, yeah, he's, he's in a tough spot. Um, and you know, like I, I believe that the league is better with him in it. Um, I think Miami has the potential of having, and I told him this, I, look, I, I think there's so many, I mean, look at the, the ESPN 30 for 30. There's so many, on Miami, like they're the university of Miami. There are so many athletes yeah, down in, in South, Southwest Florida. They, they should be a powerhouse. And, you know, right. it's just, I think he needs some people around him to help him, uh, uh, do more to, to get some of the things done. Cause it's, it's just really hard to do it all yourself. You can't. Yeah. So basically it's, it's, it's Ryan trying to do this all himself. He's, he's not, he's, he's not getting the help he needs or is it that he doesn't have enough players? Is, is that the problem? Uh, I think he's got some player issues as well. I mean, I think he's got some coaching issues, um, and and I don't want to speak for him, you know. And and no, I I I mean, what, you're you're just the first person that's come on that has any sort of information whatsoever. So I figured I would ask because this yeah, is like one of the major questions that we get sure. around here is is what's going on. Uh, I mean, he's trying. There's no doubt. Um, I just think that mm-hmm. uh, he needs help, and and he needs some people to. Uh, to help help with recruiting, help with sponsorships, help with right. uh, and, and I think he needs to. I mean, the the coach our coaching position is something that he needs as well because obviously there's a lot of things that come along with that. So, um, but I can't I can't speak to the specifics of it. I'm just speaking from what I know and yeah. No, I, I mean I, I. It's only because I mean you you know you know more than we do so. Yeah. So that's about all I can really say. I mean, you know, okay. I think, I no, think that's fair. have him on. I mean, he's a hustler, make no mistake. And I you know, would, I would love to, I'd love to have him on and, and, and we can hopefully get him on in the future. Just while, while I had you here, I, I, I thought I'd ask because that's one of the major, because I mean, you know, there, you, you've got four teams and if, and if you're, if you're down one, that's not great. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> so <laughs> that's not a- not, not good. There are, you know, we've got some, I mean, we've got a lot, obviously we've got a lot of connections with rugby in the Southeast. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're hoping to spring uh, off the success of what we're doing here uh, within mm-hmm. the four teams and, you know, be able to build a stronger comp on top of what the North is doing so that we can expand up there as well. Um, the guys up in the North, they're, they're, I mean, they're, we went into the season because the problem was the Northeast just got killed with COVID. Like they couldn't rent fields. Yeah. 
You mean, no. you know, you're there. You're there. Yeah. Um, I'm here. And, and so we went in with the expectation that this was going to be kind of a, a rebuilding year for the North. And they're really doing a good job. And they're getting guys engaged and, and they're playing games. Um, and, you know, I, I commend guys like Chris Martin and Mark Offerdale and Robin Pierce, like, and Ian and, and Tristan and, and Brian uh, Madden. Like, they're, 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 they're grinding it. And so, right. um, so is, is that the eventual goal is, is to have them is to have them, you know, as, as many teams as possible come back for next season in a in a, you know, the way it used to be with a with a north and a south. Yeah, that's I mean, that's a, I mean, that's that's my plan. That's my hope. That, <laughs> that's <laughs> so, good I think, to know. I think all the teams that are up there, they want that. And so, um, you know, just between all of the other things that have been going on with between the NARL and. COVID, it's just been, it's been a little bit tougher for them up there. I mean, we live right. in Florida, so like, it's like the wild west down here sometimes. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, yeah. The, 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 I think the major problem was that all the different states had different. I know, I know Robin was in Boston was having a real problem because Massachusetts was very strict and then the city was very strict. So Brooklyn had a problem and then Pennsylvania had different, Pennsylvania changed their rules a couple of times. So Philadelphia, I think, w- was, was struggling there. Um, is 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 that i mean if you know again i i'm only asking you these things because you 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 probably have more information than we do is is do do you think that you know just off the top of your head and i know that you you can't speak for these people but i mean do you get the sense that next year we're going to have like you know philly come back new york brooklyn boston is that is that yeah not be the line to the fire but i mean i i think that i think it's certainly more uh more possible than not um, I don't see why That's not. Good. I mean, you know, like, look, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, it was a, was a powerhouse club for mm. up until COVID hit. Like, yeah. you know, we beat them once they beat us once. And like, I want that third tiebreaker. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right but, right. you know, and, and the amount of people that they have in, in that city, like there's, there's just a lot of potential. So, um, you know, they're, they're, they're killing it and they're trying to get, you know, as many guys engaged. And I think, I think they're putting themselves in a great position for next year. And, um, you know, one of the things I said to, to the, all the clubs when I took over, I was like, look, at the end of the day, while we may not be, uh, together on the field, like we got to support each other off the field. Like if there's things that we can do for each other, like, you know, we all know each other and we all know what we're doing and the struggles that we all have you know, let's right. lean on each other to try to help make each other uh, stronger in the end. And I mean, is there, which is good. I mean, is that, I mean, and how, how much, I mean, how much communication like that is going on between, you know, you and, and, and the teams in, in, you know, in general, uh, is this like, is it a regular I mean, thing? Yeah. It's, it, we, before the season, we were trying to meet every single month and then we kind of got derailed and then the season started, but my expectation is that we'll be having month, monthly calls. Uh, between all the teams so that everybody just kind of has an idea of what's going on. And if there's right. things that we can uh, help each other with, then, then so be it. But, um, you know, the, the reform has also been a large topic of conversation and has kind of also <laughs> monopolized a lot of the time that uh, some people might want to spend on their team when we're just trying to get through this to get, to get the game back up and running. Well, what the, the, that 
it's a good segue into my next question. What what is going on? What if you can if you can give the listeners, you know, I mean, I know and you know, but you know, somebody listening in in the north of England or or in or in the uh, New South Wales may not know what what is what is the current status of of the review and and what are you trying to accomplish? So the review the the, the purpose of the review was to reorganize the structure of the governing body so that. It facilitated inclusion and facilitated teams playing games and getting people involved. And so the the way that the board was structured, and I don't know that it was anybody's fault, it just kind of all happened really fast. And we obviously we didn't really know exactly what we were doing when we were setting this thing up, and we thought we had it right and um you know the but the way that the board is currently set up is is not the way that it should be in regards to inclusion of the voice of all those that are um, playing the sport and so the way that the structure is is going to be is that if you are playing games and you are doing legitimate rugby league activities then you get to have a voice, you get to nominate, you get to have a vote, you get to have a say in what people we want to have on the board to manage this, this organization. That makes sense. That, that <laughs> sounds, sounds pretty good. That, yeah. that, that sounds um, like, you know, pretty fair. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, there's a lot of, um, I think what happens is there's a lot of people that, uh, or th- there's just a lot of there's a lot of opinions, and you got to remember, like m- the game is mostly the men's game, and you know when you have all of these alpha males wanting to have a voice and have their opinion, then you know it just gets loud, and um, right. and it doesn't help that you know the board itself, the way that it was set up, it didn't it didn't facilitate that that opinion from or didn't it didn't facilitate the ability for a team to have a voice and Mm -hmm. either vote on or vote off those board direct board members to do what they think is the best in the best interest of the game and so that that is going to change and um i think it will hopefully facilitate a new era of the sport here in the States. I, I certainly hope so. Uh, uh, let me ask you, I, I heard a rumor and I don't know if this is true and maybe, you know, but we, we, I, I heard that, that California pulled out. I heard that California is not talking to the, the review board anymore. Is that true? Yeah. I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on out there. Um, you know, Tom and I had talked a lot, um, over the course of, um, july of last year to march february march of this year and Mm -hmm. um it soured very quickly and i'm not really sure why um Mm. they the they have chosen not to be involved at all in any of the reform regardless of what anybody's saying um Mm. we've invited them tom was invited to be part of this transition board or the transition committee and he refused um, and I just feel like there's a lot of, uh, misinformation about what's going on and, and 
there really hasn't been any disclosures in regards to what they're doing. Um, mm. And if they want to be part of what we're doing or, or not, and if they don't, that's fine. Like it, <laughs> they don't have any obligation to, but if they're not involved, they don't really get a voice in regards you don't to get what a voice, they, right. So, um, you know, I, I told Tom, I wish him the best of luck and I hope the stuff that he's trying to do is, is legitimate and works. And, um, cause if, if it, if it does work, it could be a great step for rugby league in America. Um, right. but no, no one's heard anything. So I, you know, I can't really speak to it and, that's, no, um, I, I'm I'm only trying to I'm only trying to like like you said. I mean, there's a lot of we, there's a lot of stuff flying around out there, and and I, I'm you know we're, we're just trying to get as much actual information as we possibly can into the into the uh, the bloodstream, as they say. But sure. um, that that kind of leads me to my next question: what what is going on with the women? This would be the number two question that we get. This this probably close. This probably tied with number one. Uh, there, there seems to be some confusion. Uh, what, what, with the women's side of the game, uh, who's, you know, we had a national team, who is the national team? What, what's, uh, what's going on there? If you, if you can talk about that. Yeah, I can talk about it. Um, so that the the women's national team, um, and I'm sure, I'm sure I'm going to get a flurry of emails, uh, which is fine. Um, but the, the way that the, the, women's team was being run was not it, it was not in the was not being done in a way that that uh the ngb wanted it to be um there was a, there was not a there was zero plan in regards to development of a 13s domestic competition outside of jacksonville and tampa um mm-hmm. carolina has put together a team and there been kind of team there, there's a there's teams kind of popping up but there's no there wasn't a plan to develop a competition of a minimum of four teams. And so, um, and then there was, there was some misinformation that was given to us. And, and so the, the board, uh, decided to, uh, change directions in regards to the women's game and the current status of it is, there is a women's board, a committee being put together to manage the women's game, much like the USARL manages, you know, our men's game, and in hopes that men, men, they will have, men's competition. You mean? Yeah, yeah. Like they're basically they're trying to develop the uh, a structure for the women's game, so including the the national team as well as domestic players. Cause the, the domestic teams is actually, in my opinion, the most important part because you can have a, uh, a national team, but without domestic players playing in a domestic comp, you can't develop the game beyond. I mean, the, the, you know, if, if, if we didn't have a men's game, if we didn't have a men's competition, then the guys would play, but, maybe one or two games a year, maybe do some combines. Like that's not enough experience to teach players that don't know rugby league. Right. The sport. Right. And so it's the same with, with women's. And so, um, but I can tell you that the women's game is evolving quickly and I'm really happy with the way that, that it's developing and, and 
how the players, at least the players themselves, are starting to learn the game mm-hmm. in a way that you know they're just picking it up. And there's a huge willingness for uh, players, and it's come, it's it's popping up in in Chicago and the West Coast and Carolina, and I'm not sure what's going on in the North, but um, you know if if we could develop an actual competition that was practical from a traveling standpoint. I think the game will start to uh, accelerate its development. That would be good. That would be good. Um, I, I only have, and thank you so much for telling us all this information. I mean, like, like I said, this is we're we're, we're we're just trying to get, you know, solid info out into, out into the world here. Uh, I get my, my, my final question for you. Um, it's, it's been over 960 days since uh, the USA Hawks took the field. What, what is, is, is there a plan? Is it, I mean, obviously, I'm assuming this is something that's going to have to wait until after the review board. But I mean, is is there a is there a plan to get the Hawks back out on the field? Yeah, Hopefully. of course. Yeah, um, you know, Billy Nielsen is the manager of the uh, of the USA Men's Hawks, and you know, he's got a floor, he's got a, a several games planned for later this year. Um, oh, good. And so it's just a matter of uh, you know putting the pieces together and and. I think there's a, we talked about a, a game against Jamaica, but I don't think it's going to happen. But um, Puerto Rico was one that was in discussion. Um, uh, I know the Americans championships is going to come up, I think next year. So is that, I mean, is that, so people are, that, that is something that's, that's in the works, the, the, uh, the revival of, of that. Oh, of course. Yes. Yes. I mean, look, everybody wants the Hawks to play. It's just, you know, we're, in a, it's a tough spot because it's, there's very little funding in regards to getting it where we all want it to be. Right. And, um, and so it's just a matter of working out those details. Working on who they're going to play it is, I, I mean, I would, while we're, while we're talking about what we'd like to see, I mean, I, I would really, I, I would think that, that playing the or reviving the colonial cup against Canada and making that a annual occurrence would, would probably be a good thing. Oh, of course. I mean, I think, I think there isn't, to, to my knowledge, there isn't anything that's off the table. You know, you also got to remember, like, you know, a lot of these teams, these international teams, they, they've got their own international agendas and schedules. And right. whether it's players playing in the domestic comps or, um, you know, and there's a pretty short window in which a lot of these games can happen. And it's, you know, between the NRL seasons or in, in the right. Super League season. So, like, you know, you just got a lot that is um, <laughs> a lot of handcuffs and, you know, we're trying to make it work the best we can. And plus, you know, you got to remember like there weren't team, any teams playing. And so, yeah, nothing was happening. Right. Yeah. So we're, we're and, coming I mean, out Australia, of we're- Australia. I mean, they just recently opened the borders. So, you know, if a player came to jet, came over to the U S like they were, it was, it was going to be terrible for them to be able to get back into the country. And right. so, you know, there, it's just a lot of things that maybe people don't necessarily think about that has caused some of these delays. But um, one thing I wanted to point, going back to the reform, um, I think a little bit more clarity probably should be had. Um, so this weekend, actually, we're going to have a meeting with uh, all the all the best anybody who has expressed interest in having a stake in the game. So mm-hmm. even NARL teams, uh, California was invited. Um, I don't know that 
they told us that they weren't planning on attending or they weren't going to commit to attending. Um, but it's to go over the whole reform. And the way that it's going to work is that um, on, on a high level is the goal is to facilitate games being played and legitimate games being played. And in 2023, there will be an interim board put in place to manage the national governing body that will be voted in by the teams that meet a certain criteria. And then in 20, at the end of 2023, a, the interim board will go away and the, a new established board, which will have term limits and, um, and titles and all of these things will be voted in by teams that then meet a second set of criteria. Um, and they will become full members because this year was a little bit tough because with the expectation that say the North teams weren't going to play in a full season, then if we use the criteria that we, we were planning on using in 2024 or 20, 2023, excuse me, then a lot of those teams wouldn't be able to get in um, because they just wouldn't have the games because we hadn't planned on it. And so with this interim board, they will manage the interim board will manage the game and will kind of be caretakers until this new board gets elected at the end of 2023. That's good to know. That's, that's, that's the kind of thing we, we've, we really wanted to, I think that's what the listeners and a lot of, you know, rugby league fans around the world, everybody, everybody wants to know what's going on with rugby league in America. This seems to be the major, you know, what, what are you guys doing over there? So that's, that's, that's good. Thank you. That's that's what we wanted to know. Uh, speaking of criteria, I lied. I have one more question. Uh, speaking of criteria, we we uh, we got this membership policy draft. Yeah. And we were we were looking through it, and we found this thing. Uh, there's a there's a line item here. Professional league, twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah. To, so. Uh, yeah. What what's <laughs> what what's what's the, what's the story with that? There is no story. Um. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. Well, that's why yeah. I asked. I mean, so. When we so as part of the transition board, uh, the transition committee, like we had to establish. Well, let me take a step back. The reform committee that established that basically drew up the plan from the IRL looked at all of these different organizations and how their national governing body and domestic interactions were set up, and so when they put together this plan. They obviously had to keep in mind that there was an entity like the NARL that claimed to be professional. And, and so at some point, I think we all hope that there will be a professional rugby league uh, competition in the U S but at the moment there's not, and I don't think there's any plan to have that, at least not to my knowledge. And so with the hopes of being able to set the found this newer, this reform will set the foundation for years to come. The, you had to consider that maybe at some point there will be a professional league. And so that's the only reason why it's in. Oh, and, so this is, this is for something, you know, this, this isn't the, this isn't an indication that there is an imminent. No. League. Uh, okay. 
No, I, just, I think that was, I mean, that was my first takeaway was, well, they put it in. So clearly somebody, you know, my, my thought was that there must be, or there might be, you know, you might, you might know something we didn't know about there being a professional league in the offing. Oh, I wish, I wish we had one. It'd be great. I think we always, I think, I think we all wish we had one. I, uh, no. So unfortunately, you know, to, to not, uh, to, to, not to be very bad news, but no, there's no professional oh, right, well. league uh, competition coming in. All right. Uh, well, I, I, I thought I'd ask. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I don't, I don't blame you. Uh, what other is there any other topic that uh, that that I can help with? I know I've heard I've heard some stuff. I've heard you guys talk obviously a lot, and you guys do a great job. And so oh, thank you. I've, I've been I, look. I've been around the game since 2006, so like I've seen it all. I saw the split. I saw. I mean, is, is there anything that you feel like you want to? You know, is there something you you want to you want to talk about? Is there like a is there a factoid you want to throw out there? Uh, you know, I'm sure there is. Uh, <laughs> one of our, one of our guys, uh, one of our players, he's a he's an awesome guy, and he's gotten this. Uh, he's gotten he's gotten this. He's gotten bitten by a by the rugby league bug, and he is gone down this rabbit hole and you might've seen him. His name is Tommy Perry, Thomas Perry. And he is, in my opinion, the foremost authority on the sport in the U S and it's a development over time. <clears throat> like mm-hmm. he knows it all. Like, and you know, he and I have talked a lot, like, you know, <laughs> we found these, uh, these articles about this guy by the name of Mike Mayer, who was trying to start a professional league in, the eighties. And, um, we, we went down this rabbit hole and tracked it down like, and, um, but there's a lot of history that has not been, that has been lo- overlooked that I think that fans of the sport in the U S would be fascinated with. And, mm. um, you know, just some of the different challenges that the sport has faced and, um, but you know, with, I know that there, like the split, for example, the split was something that um, I know has been a topic of conversation many times. Um, you know, it, it was something that I can tell you we didn't want to do. Um, yeah, it was. You killed was, my team, man! You killed Oneida FC. You killed my uh, team. I mean, Mick, go, <laughs> Mick, Mick, Mick going away was the one that kind of killed that. Um, but I mean, no, Oneida was still around. I know, I know. I'm just screwing uh, with you. I know. Uh, yeah. yeah, we did kill you guys, though. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I was there for that. I mean, I I come in around 2009, 2010, so it wasn't there. It wasn't too long after, but before that happened. Well, I, Not, I thought what Mick, Mick was doing up there was a great. I had, I thought it was actually a great idea. I mean, you know, having two teams in Boston, like I mean, <laughs> you think of rugby. I mean, you think of Boston, you think of Chicago, you think of some a couple of these big cities and. You know, yeah. I thought, I thought it, it was going to work and, and, um, didn't you know, work. It, it didn't work, but, uh, didn't work. you know, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, there were, <laughs> the funny thing is like, you know, just, there's been a lot of characters that have come and gone over the course of time. And, and a lot of people, I don't think get some of their, uh, they have done a lot of work and done a lot of really good things for the sport get overlooked. And, um, my hope is that Tommy can help kind of, uh, fix some of that because yeah. at the end of the day, like we wouldn't be here in this game the way that it is without guys like Mike Mayer and right. John Morgan and David New. Um, 
you know, Spinner you know, Howland. Yeah. Yeah. He was my, Spinner was my partner. So like, yeah, you know. no, I know. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. yeah that's uh, why I mentioned it. Yeah. I mean, that's that those guys, I mean, that's yeah. hey, listen. I mean, I, I read, uh, I read the, uh, no helmets required book and I'm a big sports nerd and I, I had never heard that story whatsoever. So yeah, there's definitely a, oh, a that's large, that's, that's, that's a crazy story. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, uh, right up the street from me, Arlington high school is, is where the, uh, Lucius Banks, the first black American to ever get paid to play rugby. That's, he's a legend in this town. Uh, he's, he, he went to Arlington high school, which is like a football field away from my house. No kidding. And I'm trying to get them to, uh, they, they're building a new high school and I'm, I'm trying to get them to put up a plaque for him. Uh, I don't think that a lot of, be, I've been in touch. I've been in touch with the local. I'm sorry, go ahead. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I mean, I've been in touch with the local historical <laughs> society here and they, they were not aware. Um, this 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 town is basically where like the American Revolution started. I mean, it started next door in Lexington, but most of the first day happened here. Uh, so that's pretty much what like the historical society is, is pays attention to. And I said, oh, man, you're never going to believe this. He he was like a four sports star at the high school. Um, and uh, and then he went to play in England for Hunslet. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to get them to put up a plaque for him. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of stories that that are lost because the sport hasn't really there isn't a professional league to, to get people, you know, it's like soccer before MLS or before the NASL. Like there's, there's just a lot of lost stuff. People don't know. For sure. And, and we, let's be honest, we have the worst name of a sport in the world. Right. (laughs) Yeah. At least for Americans, it's hard to like, yeah, they're going, Oh, there's a rugby league in Jacksonville. I'm like, well, yeah not really yeah i mean that's that's my issue with with you know a team calling itself new york rugby league your people are gonna say why that's like wearing a t-shirt that says nfl like you know you're wearing a t-shirt they're gonna think it's a competition not a not a team for sure so what i mean do you know so speaking of new york rugby league like what uh what have you heard about is have you heard anything about uh the things going on i mean i i haven't so uh, you're you're you're, i mean at this point my friend your guess is as good as mine i i i think that they're i've i've heard that they wanted to start on july the 30th and and is at at the time of this recording for our listeners it is july the 22nd and uh there hasn't been any future uh they they released jerseys last week and then and then they went silent again so I, I I don't know. I mean, I hope, you know, I think everybody, I would like to see them get off the ground. I mean, I think especially the New York rugby team that's been kicking around. That idea has been kicking around since 2017. I mean, I wrote a ple- I wrote a piece for um, rugby league digest. Shout out to those guys uh, back in 2017 about that team. And, and we're still, you know, we're still waiting for them to emerge into the light here in 2022. So sure. I, I don't know. It, it seems, I mean, is that, you know, is there, is there, I guess that, I guess while I have you, I ask one more question. I mean, it, it, it is, has there been communication between, you know, the USRL board and, and the NIRL at all? I mean, what? No, like, so, I mean, there was communication last year when Danny Hansen was the chairman, um, mm-hmm. but there wasn't any, there wasn't any movement in regards to, uh, either legitimate rugby league activities or um, any sort of coming together or inclusion or there 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 was nothing of that and um, and 
you know, the, the sad thing is the teams that are the, the teams are the ones that get hurt. I mean, look, Nick's a good friend of mine, Nick Newland up in, in Atlanta. And I know Ryan too, and they're both really good guys. And yeah. those two cities. And I mean, obviously New York is its own thing and Toronto is its own thing. And I don't know those guys, so I can't speak to them, but you know, they they have, they have the best interest of the game at heart. And, um, all I want them to do is succeed. And Atlanta right. is such a big city. Like, God, there's, I mean, there's a reason why if, they won if, the championship. You know, I mean, like if you could just years. get, if, if you could just get some of the kids who play my, my family, my dad's family lives all over Georgia. If, if you could just get one, 100,000th of the kids who play high school football in Georgia to give rugby league a try, it would 100%. be ridiculous. It would be ridiculous. Like, you're I mean, absolutely right. Like, and that's, I, mean, I think we all see that. I think we all see yeah. the, uh, the, the potential of the sport. And I think that's one of the reasons why we love it because we know, can you imagine if like a, now Derrick Henry is kind of a, a crazy <laughs> example, but imagine right. Derrick Henry playing rugby league. Like, yeah. it'd be ridiculous. Or nah, like, I mean, uh, you know, any of these running backs, any of these linebackers, defensive ends, like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to me, I mean, I think safeties would be the, would be the best you know, people who are used to catching the ball, but then also tackling. I mean, if you could get, yeah, defensive ends, safeties, uh, tight ends, wide receivers. I mean, I, I, that would be ridiculous. I mean, if you, if you can only get, especially in a place like, you know, we were talking about before, Ryan down in, in, in South Florida or uh, or Atlanta. Or, I mean, you know, if you could get half, just just some of the kids who play in, in a high school in Winder, Georgia, to, to give it a shot. I mean, that, but you know, that, that goes back to, you know, getting people's attention. And then how, how, how do we do that? I think part of the problem has been, you know, unlike a lot of the other countries, um, you know, the game isn't subsidized by the state. And right. I think if, if we were able to get funding with our grants or what have you, like, I think the game would, uh, the game's development would accelerate. Yeah. People I think that's that is a major thing that people who don't live in the United States do not understand. The United States government does not in any way fund sports, not even Olympic sports. That's I have to explain that to to Australians and British people all the time because they're like, oh, well, you know, rugby union is going to come in and they're going to get all the government funding. I'm like, there there is no government funding there. there yeah. We we don't we're the only country that does not fund our Olympic team. There, there is no government funding. It, it doesn't happen. And I, I, yeah, you're absolutely right. That is a major misconception out there because it happens everywhere else. So I can understand why they think that. But yeah, there's no, there's no United States Ministry of Sports. It's, it's non-existent, and and states don't even have them. So well, some yeah, states do. Like you just have to. Sh- I mean, but that's where, like, that's where a lot of this unta- like, there's a lot of untapped resources that people don't even know exist. Like you know, yeah. and, and think about it like this. So if you're bringing if you're bringing a team, an international team to a city, mm. like you can go to their tourism board and talk to them about how many people you're bringing, how many room nights they are going to have here. And you might be able to get a subsidy from that. Um, and the same with, you know, you could even go to say, um, I think it's, uh, for like all these Florida sports, for example, I think it's Florida sports or, um, but even but visit Jacksonville. I'll use Jacksonville's stuff for Florida stuff as a, as an example. But you know the um, you know we've gotten grants that have helped facilitate the growth of the game 
on an international level. So when you start talking about international games, like people's ears start to perk up and it's a matter right. of making those contacts and knowing the right people. And the thing is like, there are people, at least in Jacksonville, there are that will help establish this stuff for you. Like that's their job mm. is to get some of these grants for you or to, uh, to help position you in a, in a way that you may or may not be able to get it, but at least they will help you understand the process so that, you know, if there is money out there, you might be able to get something like, um, I, I, I definitely think you should be, you should bring this up in the, uh, in the review process because God knows we need it. Well, but that, but that, but that's the thing though. It's not, that's a, that's a local, that's a local challenge yeah. because, oh like, no i know what you mean but you know it, this is one of those best practices things that that i think you know and you're right oh, you're absolutely right but it, you know this is a best practices thing that that certainly everybody should be availing themselves of to to try to because you know they, i don't need to tell you this this is more for everybody else you know everybody here is running off the whiff of an oily rag i mean everybody here is putting in their own money and working real jobs and you know there's no sugar daddy we wish there was you know it's, there's not yeah, like right. a <laughs> There's not like a Lamar Hunt. It's not like MLS. You know, it's not like there's like Lamar Hunt and Bob Kraft and, and you know, a couple other billionaires like sitting back throwing money at it. So, yeah, I mean, people people need to go out and find these things. But, you know, like you said before, it's, you know, everybody has a real job and, and might not be in your position where, where you work for yourself and, and be able to go out and do those things. But the thing you got to remember is that like the money is there, but you have to also present the game in a way that someone goes i'd invest in that exactly right exactly and, and i think that's that's not being done no well enough it's not. and I, I i don't understand why and i hope this is i mean i'm gonna put in my two cents i mean i hope this is part of the next you know gets discussed in the in in the review or 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 at least you know somewhere along the line is you know you at the very least you got to get games streamed man yeah, like sure. every game has to be streamed. I mean, it, it's, it's, you can watch any amateur soccer game in this country on 11 sports streamed for free and, and they have no more money than we do there. Sure. I, I tell you that for a fact they've, they're, they might have less money. I mean, if they're doing it, you know, we can do it. You know, like it's that, that's, that's like a, a bare minimum thing that needs to happen to get people to want to part with their, with their Benjamins. Sure. Well, but part of that problem is just, it, it comes back to the workload. I mean, right. what, you know, right. when you have a, usually what happened, what, what I've seen happen is, and I'm not saying this is everybody. I'm just saying like, I, I've seen this more, this situation more often than not. Um, you have a, you have someone that loves the sport and usually they're a player and they move somewhere and they go, I want to start a team. And so all of those things are kind of luxuries to have, right? You don't need them. I mean, we do need them, but like to play the actual game, you don't need them. Um, right. And, and, you know, you have to think about it as a, that's a must. And look, we, the accident haven't been uh, perfect at streaming our games because of multiple issues, internet stream compatibilities, uh, <laughs> weather. <laughs> um, well, weather, yeah. Weather. I mean, in Florida, yeah. In Florida, I can imagine weather would be an issue, but you know, I, I think that is, it needs to be a top priority as well, because there's no way you're going to get a, people to check out rugby league if they can't go see out, see what it is before, you know, in the past. And right. 
and how exciting it is. And I've even gone through some of the old film that we have, and you could even see the evolution of the teams. And we're specifically our team, you know, how much, like how awful we were, like absolutely awful in 2006. Like, like how did we ever get this thing off the ground? But, right. you know, it's, it, it's one of those that it just, it takes time. It takes people invested in not just from a, a money standpoint, but a time standpoint. And if, if, if you can find the right people that have the same mindset, the workload doesn't have to fall on that one person. And if that yeah. one person then is able to delegate or at least have a plan or formulate a plan with everybody else. I mean, Tampa's that way. Tampa is it Tampa's run by Billy, but he's got four or five other guys that are engaged is in, <laughs> he's got his wife involved. He's, you know, but like yeah. one of, one of the guys that helps with all the social media, he's actually in England. And and so, but, but, I mean, it doesn't matter. That, that that's that's something that you know, in social media, you can be anywhere. So yeah, that, sure. that helps. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't have right. to be like. There's a lot of different ways to skin the cat. Is my point. Exactly. And so, exactly. um, you know, that's where I'm like trying to encourage these teams to understand. Like, this is kind of what it takes. And if you do these things, I think you can. You can most definitely be successful. And. There's a lot of really good guys that have, and when I speak, uh, I'm only speaking of the male men's game at the moment, just because, you know, that's the thing that we're kind of talking about. But, but even the women, like there, there are so many women that want to play and want to be involved and want to be involved with something bigger than just them that, you know, I think there's so much opportunity for, for the game in the U S that I, I, so one of the reasons why I'm still involved, like that's why I fight every day. And dedicate That's, my life to it. So I, I I agree with you. There's there's certainly a lot out there. All right, I I don't have any more questions for you. Do you have any uh Do you have any uh final statements for the uh for the audience, my friend? Um, you know, for those that are wanting the sport to grow in the U.S., like help us, support us. You know, buy the team's merch. Uh, watch the games. Um. You know, if if you want to be involved with an one of the clubs, like message them. You know, everybody's got more work than than they can handle. So, if you want to be involved and want to see this thing grow, like we need help from everybody. And um, there's a lot of people that that have skill sets, whether in the states or out of the states, uh, that can help. You know, we've got a volunteer, Tristan Fillmore, who's a great guy. He's you know, he's just a, he's a Rugby league tragic like the rest of us, and he, he just, is there. Yeah, he, 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 you know Tristan. He, uh, he is. Yeah, no, he's shout out to Tristan. Yeah, no, he's he's a he's a lifer. He he he's so good, but he and, and you know he he doesn't get paid. He just volunteers and he just loves the sport. And you know if we can get more of those engaged, I think the we'll be in a better place for the sport to succeed. Right. All yeah. right. Thank you very much, Mr. Stover, for coming on. I really appreciate your time. Uh, hopefully, we can we can bring you back uh, maybe next year. We can talk about the uh, when the review is over. We'll we'll have you back on, and uh, you can you can give us another rundown. All right. Yeah, my pleasure. All right, man. Awesome. All right, guys. Uh, everybody, stay tuned. Dustin and I will be right back after the break.
Oh, welcome back, everybody. Holy moly. Mm. That's what I, that's what I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, words were said. We're, we're already at an hour and some odd minutes. Words yeah, were said. Lots I, of things it, were happening. You know, I it, I know it runs. I apologize to the listeners for this being a longer episode, but, uh, you know. I, it's not it, as long it, as the one with Nate. No, it's not. No. <laughs> and it, this one has a lot more information. No offense to Nate. Sorry, Nate. <laughs> this, I mean, he, he was he was rip roaring to go and I was following him where he was going. So. Hmm. It was, I think that, uh, oh man, it's pretty wide ranging talk. Well, you know what? What kind of what? A couple things that kind of you know, pinged me off, or kind of like came to my attention. Obviously, uh, most people, and I say most people because it was very quiet, did not know that Tom Stevenson out in California was on the U.S. Aero board. I I didn't um, that news to there. There was a lot going on in that interview that was news to me. Right, I think that's a big one. Um, the news that in this this reform that came out so the big thing was out there the reform and in this document that had gone out uh i'm still kind of shocked that they are trying to push out a competition uh a professional competition and they want people to pay twenty five thousand dollars for and you must have six teams i, I, I mean, mean it, yeah i mean it God, that's a lot to unpack we could have a whole episode is. just on that document i mean we could and and it, and it really seemed like that wasn't that was a number that they came to that they just kind of pulled out of the air and that they like there wasn't a firm you know th- th- that was sort of up for discussion they just wanted yeah. to have a number in there but yeah well, i think when you look at that and you look at the the domestic comp that they have like yes each team has to pay and i had a, a great conversation with you know one of the other members of the board um uh, very briefly just kind of t- i asked questions about it offline and you're like well each team has to pay and then the league has to pay i was like yeah but it's still not even like if you have four teams that are paying a couple hundred bucks a team yeah. and then the league has to pay 250 bucks to to be a sanctioned member it, it it's the those numbers do not twenty five thousand dollars make no and it is those is actually that 25k is more than the usarl has ever had period yeah i mean and he yeah you know and i said that to him i said that's more money than you've ever made and he said yes so it's like okay i mean that's who's coming along i guess my question is like you know and i said to him like is you know is this is this a sign that you think something's gonna happen and and he said no so they, they yeah, so don't he, have any like, that's for the future you know they right. don't have any information that a pro league is even is even on the horizon which i thought was interesting considering yeah, so that basically they, they're saying that the nrl is not going to exist nor will it exist or nor will they be sanctioned a part of the usarl period uh, hard stop yeah i mean that's i mean he was pretty clear about that they did not have any information that there was a pro league out there so if and if my other question would be then if if it's not a pro league and there's the rumors of the USA nines having a professional league, yeah, that's where does that fall in? That's yeah. I mean, I'll have to we'll have to get them back to. They, I, they, I was I was there was so much that I was trying to do in the one interview. We're trying to pack in everything, but I was like, yeah. So, what would you say your big three takeaways were from that from, from that whole call? If Man, you could get three, right? I mean that the future of the speed uh the, oh, man that's tough man i that's mean a- that's really harsh i mean that's really hard that's a tough situation uh the second one would be the whole thing about california that they're you know zero communication go yeah good luck god bless we'll talk to you if we talk to you right and then and then the thing about what we were just saying about that there was no um 
there was to his mind or his information there was no pro, there was no pro league on the horizon and the $25,000 is just a number in case and I think that was his exact phrasing was in case that one popped up in the future he hoped they had that much money yeah I don't see how that's ever going to work I, like, I, so I, I guess my question to deal with that and again we know we're going really long on time today but my question to deal with that is how do you justify and if this, if, if a professional league comes in and they have that much money and the USA Earl has none but literally they have no money yeah why what would like why did why, why does where would that professional money, company, right where does that go what are you going to do with the 25 grand yeah i guess i mean well, I mean, we, in, on one hand, I can understand, yes, you know, if you're going to call yourself a professional league, then then you should probably have some, you know. But again, this is not a country where there are, you know, the NBA don't pay anybody. No. You know, th- the only thing we have like that is MLS and U.S. soccer and they share board members. I mean, there's really yeah. no huge difference between the the government. The, the people who are in charge of MLS are pretty much the same people in charge of U.S. soccer. Yeah, that's the only situation like that. You know, the NBA isn't paying FIBA. The NFL isn't paying anybody. You know, the no. NHL is certainly not paying the IIHF. So a a, uh, a governing body getting money like I can can kind of see it, but at the same time, <laughs> what are you going to do? Do, do? I do love that you had the confusion of this. Like, so the USARL is both the governing body and the I, domestic I, competition. <laughs> I only found that out somewhere in like 2016 this is the stupidest thing <laughs> it really makes no sense i don't understand how that happened or why or how or what and and just you know while well, i don't figured i'd get it out there because there's a lot of people who don't I, I get the feel i mean i don't know this for a fact but i mean i do get the feeling from from talking to our fellow rugby league fans all over the world that they don't understand that, that no one does no yeah that it's too it's two different groups of people, kids, which the reform should be to change the damn name. Well, yeah, I mean, and I'm assuming that's going to be in there, but you well, well, well maybe, maybe anyway. you never can tell. Well, we're gonna, I'm thinking about, I think on the next episode, you and I are going to have to sit down and unpack this a little bit more. Um, God, that's it's just so much in there. There's so much in there, so man. Much. You know but, what we should do? We should, we should we should get a hold of people who are in other entities that uh, this would directly impact. So, uh, California Rugby League, Tom Stevenson, uh, NARL, Ricky, will Man, be anybody, uh, any, shit anybody. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> in the come on, in the words of the greatest game show ever, come on down, come on down, right? Come on down, uh, man. Jim, the, hey, the, th- the thanks for taking it. Dropped. Yeah, right. So for sure. But uh just want to say thanks thanks for taking the time to to interview and oh hey. God, man, Drew, that was it's fantastic. So it was it was great. He 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 we got to spend a lot of time. I, I only had asked him for half an hour, so you know, we got way more out of it. Yeah, you got double the double the time, double the pleasure. It was like twi- <laughs> it it was a it's a Twix episode. There you go. <laughs> well, man, hey, I appreciate it. Um and any parting parting thoughts, parting words? It's kind of hard to. Oh, I just, I just want to man. sit down for another hour and listen to that again. I mean, the only thing I have to say is, stay tuned, folks. It's going to be an adventure. <laughs> it's going to hey, be a hell of a ride. Do you know the only place that you're going to get that kind of information, though? Is right here. Right here. Right here. We are the only people doing this work in America. In America. <laughs> in Estados Unidos. And, and other places are doing that too. Um, yeah. If you want to follow us and keep up to date on the socials, it's the RLA podcast or podcast RLA. 
Jim, what's your handle there, buddy? Uh, I'm bereft of the dial on Twitter. Please, you've probably already seen people yelling at me. Yes. People yell at me. Nobody blocked me this week. Uh, I, that's a man with a mic. I, I, I joined the block club, though. Uh-oh. I, 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 got, I got blocked by Monty and Cleveland. Oh, man. There we go. It is again. Hey, we got, we got called out again. Yes, we are still talking. Yes, we will continue to still talk for all that is of the listening. So. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> podcast um, really. We, we really appreciate it. That's a good hashtag. Podcast really. <laughs> hashtag <laughs> That is the man. <laughs> God, this is so funny. Uh, Jim, appreciate it, man. Always a pleasure. No, thank you, Dustin, man. Good, good times. It was short with us this time, but it's a long episode. Good stuff. So, uh, we look forward to hearing you next time. Catching mm-hmm. up on the only podcast covering all of rugby league in the Americas. All this is Rugby League in America. Yeah.